1: Today she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's The Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Insight Network on TogiNet. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka.
2: Welcome everybody to The Million Dollar Mindset. We're here today to learn some amazing things about how you, too, can grow your Million Dollar Mindset. In the last few weeks, we've been talking about the importance of believing in yourself and living by your values and building your company around those values and having the right mindset to achieve all that's important to you and all that you deserve. I am really excited about today's show because our guest today is someone who can give us some wonderful insights and some tools to grow and develop that mindset and the faith that we need to have in ourselves, you know, to conquer those fear barriers. You know what those are, right? I think we all have them. And so many of the things, the external and the internal forces that get in our way. Sanjay Berman is a master hypnotherapist, a film producer, a director and publisher of motivational books, including his own, the most recent being Reading People, which discusses body language cues and teaches us how to understand people in 60 seconds. So that's pretty amazing. I'm hoping that Sanjay can also help us to understand ourselves. And Sanjay, if you can do that in 60 seconds, you're my hero. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I've really been looking forward to uh, meeting you, Sanjay. We we uh, did that interview last week for my uh, blog on right online yeah and that was just so much fun Thank you thank you if uh, if any of the callers out there missed that post please make sure to check it out because it, it was a great post um, and you'll find that at ink.com one person business so Sanjay, from what I've read about you in in that post, and some other wonderful things online. I think that you've probably been a creative thinker since the day you were born, and uh, pretty <laughs> tenacious. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Let's see. You you've represented children's books, produced a national television show for CBC Television, and produced the Keynes award-winning movie Spider. All by the time you were how old?
0: Uh, I was actually by twenty-four. I was a a little busy or causing trouble whichever you'd like to put it
2: (laughs) and speaking of causing trouble, okay so the top question I've been dying to ask you is when you were in high school you attempted something very unique in trying to sell your school to who?
0: I tried to sell my school to Pepsi actually and uh, uh, to this day Probably the most asked question: What are you talking about? How do you sell your school? Why Pepsi? But yes, I I attempted to sell my school to Pepsi
2: at the age of sixteen.
0: I I was yes, that's right, that's right.
2: Okay, tell us about that.
0: Well, I. I gotta know. Well, we, we laugh about it now, but I wasn't laughing when my parents were driving me home, and the car was very silent because. When the principal called my parents into the office and said, you know, your, your son tried to sell the school to Pepsi, my dad said, well, we told him never to do that. And I found that very funny. So when I laughed, it got me in more trouble because I wasn't taking it seriously, you know, in their words. However, basically it was uh, Pepsi wanted to put Pepsi machines into the school And I saw the envelope with a Pepsi logo on it and opened it up. And it it basically was a letter saying, we'd like to put a uh, pop machine into your school. So I called them back and told them that the principal had given me authority to negotiate the deal. And it just kept getting bigger because they kept saying, okay. So from, well, we want $0.10 per can sold... They said okay. Then I said, "Plus to get into the school, a dollar per student." They said okay. Then I said, "Well, we have a junior school next to us." They said okay. And then it eventually worked up to uh, a Pizza Hut in the cafeteria. Um, uh, textbooks changed, um, posters on the wall and in the in the bathroom, and the deal amounted out to one point two million dollars. <laughs>
2: And that was the beginning of your entrepreneurial career,
0: huh? And and expulsion. Oh no,
2: you're kidding!
0: Oh no, I was uh, I was expelled for that. And uh, and and the the funny part was I I my father kept saying to me apologize and get back into school. And I I decided that I don't think I did anything wrong. In my opinion, I don't think that it was wrong to do that because. It would have paid for new computers. It would have paid for all sorts of different things. And so I ended up looking up in the uh, yellow pages for a lawyer. And the first lawyer that crossed my eyes, I called. And he laughed so hard at the case, I told him I can only pay you a dollar. So at the end of it, he agrees to take my case on and, and starts causing trouble for the Board of Ed, which they FedExed me my report card signed by the principals giving me back, you know, my, my uh, credits. And uh, that lawyer I read six months ago became a Supreme Court judge.
2: Oh, my goodness. And I'll bet you he remembers you.
0: <laughs> I, I, I know he does because I tried to actually get in touch with him about a year ago just to say thanks. I've never met the man. I, I wouldn't know if I was sitting next to him and he's yeah. never met me. So everything was done over the phone and it was one of those it, it's like one of those people that come into your life when you most need them and mm-hmm. the minute they've helped you, they don't that's it, that was their part in your life and they move on and you're supposed to move on. So he didn't want to meet me. He mm-hmm. just his assistant called me and said, "He knew you were going to be okay. He's glad you're done you've done well for yourself and uh, good luck."
2: Wow. Wow. Yeah.
0: And
2: it is it, it, that's I love this Part of, of my show here, Sanjay, because I get to meet people like you who are just living proof of, of what I try to help my clients learn. And that is that, you know, our mindset, we can develop a mindset where we do attract the people who can support our, our future and our dreams and our goals uh, into our life. And you right. started doing that at a really young age.
0: By, by mistake, but yes, I did.
2: Yeah,
0: And yeah, lucky it, that way.
2: Yeah, and it really doesn't, you know, in the beginning, it doesn't matter if it's by mistake, because we can look no. back at these things, right? And we can say, wow, look at this, okay, and that kind of becomes our um, testament to the truth, if you will. Correct. How amazing. So, Sanjay, was that, you know, I listened to some of your, your wonderful videos online, and I love them. Thank you. Um, Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, one of the messages I'm hearing you say that successful people, you know, don't doubt that they're going to be successful, you know, if they're not in the moment uh, measuring up or or achieving, shall I say, their full uh, definition of success. And it it isn't about the if, it's about the when. Did you always have that belief in yourself?
0: No, no. I had... um given up on myself a few times whereby I thought that, you know, the idea of success was not meant for me. It was uh, something that only certain people could achieve. And uh, since I had tried and tried and tried, nothing was working out, um, that it wasn't in my gene pool. And funny enough, it's at that point what you are needing to hear most, somebody will tell you, and it keeps you going. The, the, the one thing I knew that made me different from other people in general was that every night I went to bed, I went to bed with tears thinking that it'll never happen. But every morning that I got up, I thought of a new strategy. It was just like I couldn't stay down for the count. I wanted to. I wanted to, to, to surrender and say, I'm just going to go out and get a job and, and, uh, and be happy with my life in that way. But I, every morning, I would get up, I would attempt one last way, and then the next one, one last way. And my parents were pretty supportive at that point, because they, I guess they figured for the first little while, they were the resistance in my life, saying, you know, you have to go to law school, or you have to go and, and become an engineer or something uh, with a university degree. And when they realized that it wasn't something that I was going to do and that my passion was was real, it wasn't a fad, they started to actually be the motivators and push me up the hill. Also, I talk about mentors. And at this point, mentors are really important because they fuel you. They will tell you stories or give you ideas or or pump you up to get over the next little hurdle. And that's what kept me going. But no, I I had... uh, surrendered to fate a few times.
2: Hmm. And how do you think you, I mean, do you feel like you've kind of like permanently transitioned out of that, that place of surrendering now or do you think that we tend to fall back into that?
0: Well, I, I, I think that what I do differently now from then is I look at it from a different perspective. I don't look mm-hmm. at it as all or nothing. I look at it as what am I not seeing here? Why is this not working? So, uh, for instance, if I want to take the company in a certain direction and we're getting resistance from whatever, the environment from, from, from authors, from whatever, uh, the resistance is there for a reason. So what is it trying to tell me? And either it's there to teach me something or it's there to warn me of something. And... I don't look at it as, well, I'm getting resistance, therefore, I'm just going to take this company apart and and leave the industry completely. No. It's Mm -hmm. now from a perspective of what am I supposed to see or learn that I'm not?
2: Right. I love that because it sounds to me like you're blending your logical thought process uh, with your intuition and with your experience and your faith and just kind of Rolling it all up into one, and we have a few seconds until break. And I'd like to come back and talk more about that topic because that's, you know, a question I get a lot when I talk about law of attraction. Well, if I just think it, it's going to happen, and and I say no. You know, law of attraction is nothing without action, right? Absolutely. uh, You are you are living proof of that, Okay, so this is very fun. Thanks for being with us, and we'll be back after. The million
0: dollar
1: mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Girlfriend is on Toginet. And then be a part of Girlfriend It, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central.
2: You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to women like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me.
1: Check out the website, GirlfriendIt.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. What's your story? Are you living it? Well, you could be. It's What's Your Story with Hilary Billbury. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Her passion is helping others discover, create, and live their personal brands. Yep, you heard me. You have a brand. No different than Coke, Pepsi, or Nike. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing brand. You're not a logo. You're not a tagline. The choices you make become the path you take. This is your brand. Now, live your story. Your brand is not just what you say it is. It's also what others say it is. So what are you communicating? And how can you create an authentic brand? We'll take on these challenges with What's Your Story? Every week, Hillary will feature teens, moms, and organizations that are learning and living their story. Now, her passion is to help others discover, create, and live their personal brands. To find out more, go to inspiredbyfamily.com. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbury. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Today's guest is Sanjay Berman, master hypnotist, film producer, and director, publisher of motivational books, and author of Reading People, being his latest book. Welcome back, Sanjay. Hi.
0: Hey, hi. How are
2: you? <laughs> I'm having so much fun. Thank you for being here today.
0: Thank you for having me, ma'am. Great.
2: Hey, listen, so we were talking before going into the break. Um, I made the statement that Law of attraction is nothing without action. So do you agree with that?
0: Oh, God, yes. More than uh, anything else. I, I think that that's where the secret kind of fell short. It, it got people into the right mindset about thinking bigger. Don't look at your, your life as, uh, as what it is. Look at it as what the potential can be. But the part that some people seem to not carry forward is that you still have to put the work, you still have to sweat, you still have to taste your blood, you still have to uh, e- endeavor against the, uh, the adversity that you're going to, to come across, and it's important to do that. But without that, just wishing it is not going to be enough at all.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. When, when The Secret came out, I did. I thought it was fantastic because it raised public awareness so much, you know, that we really can take control of our destiny to some degree. And and yet, as a coach who's been, who's been helping people learn more about universal law for so many years, I thought, wow, it's like not even the tip of the iceberg. And, and I think it was missing that one important component, but I was still so grateful for it. And speaking of the secret, you had a hand in the book, did you not?
0: Well, I published those authors, yes. It was after the secret movie came out. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a copy, uh, like, off the Internet that somebody had given me. It was way before it had been introduced to North America. And I I threw it in the backseat of my car when I got it, and two days later, it was a Saturday morning, I saw it, picked it up, put it in my DVD player, watched the whole thing, then played it again, then rushed it over to my um, lawyer's house and had him see it. And he said, well, this is great, but what do you want to do with this? I said, I want to sign all of these people. And it took me about two months, two and a half months, uh-huh. to get to the ones that we did sign. And we signed them a week before they went on Oprah. So oh the minute we signed them, immediately we became an overnight success sort of thing where people started to recognize our name and, and what we had been doing, even though it had been three years since. But, but uh, it was the, the secret authors that really took us to the next level.
2: Hmm. How amazing. I'm kind of seeing a pattern here, Sanjay. It sounds to me like you get an idea and you don't take the time to fill yourself with the doubts or the fears or, oh, this is too big. It sounds to me like you just like pounce on these ideas. Is that right?
0: You know, it's, it's my dad made a comment to me one day. Uh, because I still go to bed around ten thirty, eleven, 11, and I still get up at 5.30 every morning. And I get cranky when I'm hungry. Uh, I, the only thing that's different between being a child and now is that I don't get burped. Other than that, it's the same thing. And my dad told me that you, you've been doing this pattern all your life. Well, the thing that I recognized from my father's comment is that I never lost, the childlike naivety. So I don't recognize the dangers of attempting something like that. I don't recognize, uh, you know, image or any of those kind of um, elements that stop people from going forward. I just see it as that's what I want, therefore, there's no reason why I shouldn't have it and go after it. And I try to teach that to people, even though they're conscious. Uh, ego and logic get in the way of, well, if I go to ask my boss for a raise, then, you know, he might think I'm being greedy, or the next person beside me might think that I'm taking undue advantage, or, you know, I might lose my job, or this or that. It's it's as simple as just go and ask for the raise. What's the worst that's going to happen? You'll get told no. Big deal.
2: Right. So... In your experience, after, you know, I think we have some, something similar going on here, I coach people through the same kinds of things. And, and so, in your experience, what do you think is the main contributor to people having such enormous fear over such, such what you and I might look at as, as basic desires?
0: Ego. Mm. All fears, all rational thought come down to Ego. I can't look stupid, Uh, I don't want to look dumb, Uh, I don't want to be proven wrong, it all comes down to ego. That's why under hypnosis things work so much faster.
2: Ah, so talk a little bit about that.
0: Well, your brain is split up into three parts, so if your listeners can imagine, your brain has three circles. There's a large circle, then there's a smaller one, and then the center is a tiny one. The large circle, the outer part of the brain, is the conscious. That's where your ego is. That's where your um, habits are, thought process, things like that. Inside of there is the subconscious. And in the subconscious, you have all the child memories, um, your pattern, um, um, hidden thoughts, things that, uh, that, that don't always come to you naturally, instinct, this is all in there. It only matures up to the age of 12. And in the center, the very, very tiny center, is the unconscious. That's your biological system. So usually we don't need to touch that. But that's where you blink, you breathe, you, you know, have your your sweating. All of that takes place from there. So when you go under hypnosis, the conscious state is relaxed. When it relaxes, your eyes close, which is why you look like you're sleeping. But you're not sleeping. You're totally aware of everything that's going on. You're totally aware that you're having a conversation with someone. It's like a deep, deep meditation, deeper than you can probably go on your own. When you get into the subconscious, you are in a state where you are able to see things without an ego and without judgment. So if you've had, I guess, an argument with your mother at the age of 12 and have never recovered from it because you're just you you're stuck in your way, she's stuck in her way, and it's stopping you from going further in life. If I were to revisit that argument that you had with her, you would see it completely different because you're seeing it from an unbiased point of view, almost like you're watching it on TV from a third-person perspective. Seeing it from a third-person perspective, you understand the perspectives of both parties, yourself and your mother. At that point, from seeing it that way, you can then make a better decision on whether to forgive her or not. 99.9% of the time, you start to forgive that person. If you're seeing things from an ego perspective, it's about win-lose. If I were to apologize, if I were to forgive, it means that she wins. Mm-hmm. That's erased. And I can take you back to traumatic situation. I can take you back to happy situation. I can take you back anywhere. And throughout the entire timeline, you will see things without judgment or ego. Wow.
2: That's fascinating. I've, I've never heard it broken down and explained like that. Thank you. That's... Um... It's truly fascinating, and I'm going to kind of play the devil's advocate a little bit here, um, just based on my own personal experience. I've gone to a couple of hypnotherapists and have never felt like, and I hear this a lot, like I'm hypnotized and, and haven't experienced the benefit of of being hypnotized. How does somebody like me, who is obviously some in some ways resistant to it,
0: break through that? Well. Just by talking to you, I can tell that you're more of an aesthetic person. You go by feelings, don't you?
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Right. So when you describe situation, when you describe something you're going through, you'll describe it from the point of view of feeling. Right. I felt happy. I'm having a great time. Uh, this person made me feel good. Mm-hmm. Those types of things. Am I correct?
2: You are so right on. Absolutely. Okay.
0: Now, one of the... Problems Or one of the, I guess, um, standard scenarios that that a, a hypnotherapist goes through is they sometimes do the therapy from the way they communicate or process information, not from the way you do. So it's like talking at you instead of talking to you. If you can understand the language that the person's brain understands and talk to the brain you'll see better results. Now, that's not to say the person or the people that you've seen are bad. That's to say that they might not have communicated directly to your brain in the language that your brain can understand. Might. Don't know. The other thing is, is that, like any exercise, you cannot walk into a gym and start running for an hour and a half without training to run an hour and a half. So, sometimes you have to go for two or three sessions to get to a place where you're totally comfortable to let go. And once you've totally let go, you can then start the therapy properly and effectively. The third thing is, is that some people really aren't ready for change. They're really not in a state that... uh, The question I ask, especially with smoking, do you think you should quit or do you want to quit? Most of the time, I'll get... I think I should quit. I won't work because you're not really willing to quit. You're you're thinking, well, I could get cancer. I could ruin my teeth. People are usually upset with me. That doesn't mean that I want to quit. That means I'm being pressured into quitting. And as much as, as hypnosis works, it's not a magic pill. You still have to want it. You have to desire it. You have to be ready for change, for it to help. So, in other words, I can make it easier for you to change. I can eliminate a lot of the hurdles that you would have to go through for change, but I can't make you change.
2: Right. And so, when someone doesn't appear to truly want to change, and we're going to wrap this up in a few seconds um, for the break, are you able to help them then through those fears? And let's save your answer for after the break. But my question is can you help them through those fears? and kind of uh, take a different perspective on it to get them to the point where they truly want to embrace what's about to happen and what you can help them with and uh, continue to work with them. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Okay, wonderful. Well, we're going into a break, and we'll see you back here in a minute
0: or so. Thank you.
1: Join Learning and Laughter with Louise every Wednesday at 9 Eastern, 8 a.m. Central on TogiNet to discuss fun, fascinating, and educational topics. Each week, Louise will be talking with a variety of guests, ranging from authors, educators, parents, filmmakers, athletes, and entrepreneurs, just to name a few. You know, when it comes to learning, the sky is the limit. And so will the topics that are covered here on Learning and Laughter with Louise. Louise Sattler is a school psychologist who has worked within the fields of special education and bilingual education. She also owns a successful company, Signing Families that creates DVDs and special workshops to teach sign language and instructional products for people of all ages and needs. With new DVDs coming out soon, check our website for more information at signingfamilies.com. From time to time, Louise will be joined by her daughter, Natasha Sattler, who will give a college-age perspective to the show. Support so that morning cup of coffee and join us here on Toginet every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. You never know who will show up for Learning and Laughter with Louise on Toginet.com. Let's chat it up with Bloom Talk with Barb Scala on Toginet, Thursday afternoons at 3 Eastern, 2 Central, and find out how women are growing, blossoming, and blooming in their friendships and careers, health, and so much more. It's Bloom Talk with Barb Scala. Check out our website, bloomwithbarb.com. Whether you want to transplant your life or just do a little pruning, Bloom Talk will inspire you to cultivate the lifestyle you want to live. Join lifestyle coach and co-author of Sanity Savers, Barb Scala, each week on Bloom Talk and sprout your dreams. Grow your life.
2: I hear a lot from women. I want meaning in my life. I want a fulfilling life. I want to do something that's exciting. I can control my life instead of my life controlling me. I can tell the world this is who I am and, and this is what I'm all
1: about. Barb will introduce you to dynamic guests and real women who are redesigning, rebuilding. Building and reinventing their own lives. And Bloomstorm how you can dream, create, and grow the lifestyle you want to live. It's Bloom Talk with Barb Scala, Thursday afternoons at 3 Eastern 2 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude. And Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Inside Network on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka.
2: Welcome back, everybody. We're here with master hypnotherapist, film producer, and publishing author Sanjay Berman, having so much fun learning about hypnotherapy and such. And if you have a question and you want to dial in, go ahead and do that at 877 864 4869. Or go to toginet.com and go ahead and hit the live chat button that you'll see up on the top of the, the nav bar and chat with us for a little bit because there's a lot of great information here. Welcome back, Sanjay.
0: Thank you. I appreciate being here.
2: Oh, it's such fun. I'm learning so much, so thank you.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. My pleasure.
2: So we were, we were discussing um, hypnosis and that if someone is resistant to change or they think they want change, but there are some fears there and, and some uncertainty there, but you can actually help them through that phase of the process as well. How do
0: you do that? If, if you're afraid of change, how would I help you deal with it is what you're asking okay. to actually yeah. go through the change? Yeah. Okay. So let's let's use a couple of examples. One example would be um, uh, a bad relationship and the um, uh, the woman comes to see me, and it's abusive, and she needs the courage to leave this man. Mm-hmm. And example number two would be um, a drug addict who comes and states that they think that they should get off of uh, whatever drug they're addicted to um, because their girlfriend will leave them. Mm-hmm. Two actual cases. Right. So both of them come down to the same common denominator, If I change, who will I be and who will want to be around me? So you've worked yourself into a certain comfort zone of a known hell rather than an unknown heaven. Because unknown heaven could be something even worse than what you're dealing with currently. So at least I know that there is a man who maybe abuses me but is still there when I come home. Whereas if I leave him and become more confident, there isn't anything really likable about me to attract somebody new. In the second case, well, at least my girlfriend is around to bother me about getting off of drugs because if I do get off drugs, then we don't have this whole dependency relationship and therefore, why would she stick around? So. Now you've got a scenario where you've got two people that don't want to change because they're afraid of what's going to happen through positive changes. Mm-hmm. Ironic, but true. So what I do is I go through with them step by step. Let's say you walk out of this relationship. Let's say you and I build the, the, the courage inside of you to leave. Now, who's to say that you will get into another relationship right away? But it doesn't matter because what you would have had was the self-respect and self-esteem to say, I don't need somebody in my life to make me who I am. But the right person will be attracted to me based upon me being secure with who I am. And the second scenario, you may be, you know, you may lose the girlfriend. I don't know. You may lose the degenerates the, the that you currently have around you. I don't know. I can only hope you will. But then what comes out of it? You turn into the butterfly that can offer talent, that can offer something to the world that that we need you to offer. At the end of your life, you have to contribute something. And doing what you're doing now isn't contributing anything. It's causing more disasters in your life than anything else. So you work through it with them, and then you have to talk to them. Like, see, as, a, as I said to you before, you can't talk at someone. You have to talk to someone. So you want them to talk back to you. You want them to tell you, you know, where the source of their pain lies, where the source of their insecurities lie, and where their fears and changing lie. And then you can deal with it head on. Okay. Makes sense?
2: Well, yeah, it does. I'm just absorbing that. Wow. Yeah. And so what What percentage of the people who come to you do you feel that... Um you know, when they have these fears and they surface and you discover together that maybe they're not ready for change or not really wanting it, you know, do most of them go through this process with you?
0: Or do no, you, not like, as high as you would think. It's about 20% and, that would come to me that isn't ready for it. Usually yeah. by the time you've come to a hypnotherapist, you've gone to a psychiatrist right. or a psychologist or a psychoanalytic uh, or a, uh, what else, uh uh, you've done the patch, you've done right. weight Weight watchers, you've done rehab, you've done all sorts of different things. And then finally it's, well, I thought I'd come and see you because it's a last-ditch attempt. Uh,
2: okay. And so you're talking about a lot of the very, very um, typical reasons someone would seek a hypnotherapist. You know, do people do, we have a lot of entrepreneurs and solopreneurs listening here. Do people in business ever come to you and say, you know, I know I can do this, but I keep coming up against some block and I don't know what it is. Help me. You
0: Absolutely. Ever experience that? Yeah? Absolutely. Actually, that, the, the majority of people that come to see me for that type of issue is because they have a fear of money.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's Why not even about even success have- so much. It's about money. Money corrupts, uh, rich people are bad people, Um, people will only like me for my money, Uh, I'm irresponsible with money, Uh, money is really hard to make. So yeah, I I get a lot of that.
2: So what are some things that people listening can do? If, If we've got some solopreneurs out there and entrepreneurs who just kind of keep hitting up against that brick wall... And and they need to explore their belief system around money. What do you suggest they do?
0: If you're if you're looking at it from the perspective of money is evil and the people that make it are even more evil, then it means that you're surrounding yourself with negative um, reinforcements because you're not ready to take on the challenge. If you were to change that perspective and start looking at the people that have made money come from nothing, made a lot of money and are now doing good things with it, a different perspective will occur. So you'll start to take on positive reinforcement and what you're able to do with money once you've made it, the changes that you're able to make. Money is, money is a magnifying glass, right? It, it, sure. it, 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 ba- it, it brings out more of who you actually are. So if you're a schmuck and you make a lot of money, you'll be a bigger schmuck. But if you're a good person, it makes you an even better person. I think of uh, uh, John Huntsman, who, uh, he's, you know, probably in his 70s now, but he had d- uh, developed the uh, plastic forks and knives and spoons. Okay. Multi-billionaire. Put up one of the most luxurious uh, cancer hospitals in the world. And, and is hoping to completely eradicate cancer so that he can then turn it into a glamorous hotel so that he doesn't have to put cancer patients in there anymore. I mean, it was a beautiful, beautiful facility. Here's a man who's using his money to to use good use. Uh, Bill Gates, another person who has proven that that he is a good person, left his company and taken all the money he's made and now putting it towards good causes. So... Mm-hmm you have to start surrounding yourself with those kinds of people who have worked hard, have played the game, have had fun playing the game, consider money as just basically a measuring stick and nothing more, and, mm-hmm. and, and now can make a difference in the world at any point in time that they want to.
2: So it's, it's also about redefining your value, um, the value of wealth. I mean, if, you know, if we look at our value system... And, and we see wealth, and we've defined it in this evil way. If we redefine it, we can embrace it then, basically, is what you're saying, and, and begin to believe in ourselves and our ability to be a bright and shining star if we achieve it.
0: You're absolutely right.
2: Yeah, I love that. You know, and it brings us back to something you said earlier, um, Sanjay, at the top of the show about um, mentoring. And, and mentors are important in people's lives. And now you're saying, you know, surround yourself by people who have had fun doing this and who are a great uh, representation of, of wealth. How does an average person go out there and find these people and get involved with
0: mentors them? Mentors are everywhere. The, the one thing I've never had a problem doing and force people that I'm giving lectures to is go and find a mentor. And we think of mentors, I guess, as, as very powerful, successful people who sit in huge offices and bestow wisdom. That's not true. A, a mentor could be someone like a parent. It could be the, the convenience store owner. It's someone who resembles qualities or a way of life that you like. That's it. So if you think that the convenience store owner down the street has a great work ethic and never missed a day of work, and has, uh, um, keeps it honest and, and clean, then you go to him and ask him, how did you do this, or how did you come to this, or why do you do this, or does it work for you, and have them tell you. A mentor basically shares knowledge with you, and from there, you can make your own decisions about whether to follow it or not. Usually, I use my mentors to say, okay, they've made mistakes in their life, I'm going to try and fast-track what I want by not making the same errors. So if they're saying, you know, I've started businesses, I've started banks, I've started this, and I can tell you that the direction you're going to go in is going to cause this, this, and this, then it's up to me to make that decision for myself. Am I prepared to go forward and do it still or not? If I'm, you know, uh, in the middle of a, a, a thought that I'm not sure... Um, how to flush it out, I can call one of them and say, I have this thought, what do you think, is this crazy? Should I be doing this or should I be following this? Or, you know, what what, what are your thoughts on this? And you'll see, they'll they'll share that with you. Mentors are, uh, they they like to share that because they see a bit of themselves in you and it makes them feel good that they've been able to help you out. But also they like to experience the energy back so if you're throwing out positive energy to people, you will attract positive energy back. Mm-hmm. If you're attra- if you're throwing out negative energy, you will attract negative energy.
2: Absolutely, I couldn't agree with that statement more. We're all like magnets, aren't we? Um, and we just uh, attract that our our potential, our level of strength, in that. We are, but we,
0: we we don't think about that when bad things are happening to us. Right. It's right. about. This is happening to me. That's happening to me. I keep attracting this type of person. I keep doing this kind of thing. Uh, and it's not me. It's this, 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 and this. So
2: and it's here at we that point you have to
0: stop and say, okay, wait a minute. If, We're going if to I'm being betrayed. And sure. when we come back, I'd like to learn
2: more about your book.
1: Another Way of Living with Susan Dobson is on Toginet. Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 central. Hi,
2: I'm Susan Dobson, host of the new talk show, Another Way of Living. On Another Way of Living, we talk about what I call the unspeakable. When I was growing up, if there was a problem, a pink elephant in the living room, everybody walked around it, nobody talked about it. Sound familiar? Tune in and listen to my guests and callers talk about their solutions to problems just like
1: yours. If you are ready and really want Another Way of Living, then this is your show. Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 Central with Susan Dobson.
2: On Another Way of Living, we talk about life, its problems, its challenges and above all, its solutions.
1: Another Way of Living educates and informs. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. Plus, the live format lends itself to surprising and heartfelt revelations from Susan and her guests. You'll be surprised by what's shared, what's learned and what could change. Join us for Another Way of Living with Susan Dobson. Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 Central on Toginet.com. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka.
2: Welcome back, everybody. We're here today with Sanjay Berman, author of Reading People, which is a guide to understanding people in 60 seconds or less. Hey, Sanjay, welcome back.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm enjoying this conversation.
2: Me too. Let's keep going. I know. I I, I look at the clock and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we're in the final segment already. It feels like we've just done one. (laughs) (laughs) So before we talk a little bit about your book, because I'm really excited to talk about that, I'd like to just kind of wrap up the topic that we were talking about because you made an amazing point. When you said that, you know, we don't like to think of ourselves as a magnet and attracting things and people and events into our life when things are going really bad. And and that is probably for those of us who teach universal principles, um, one of the, the toughest things to to break to somebody else, to help somebody else understand and embrace that they do, you know, there is something going on inside of their head and their minds and their spirits that is drawing these Events which can be wonderful learning platforms for them and growth platforms. But when you're deep in it, it's really hard to grasp that. How do you help somebody with that?
0: Well, first of all, they have to want, they have to want help. And Mm -hmm. if you're looking at, at, at getting help, then it's a matter of you expressing, I need help. And you're going to get the right person in your life to do that. Now, at that point, when you're, when you're looking at the person from my chair, I'm listening to you. I'm listening to how you talk, like we just talked about uh, how you process information. And if you, if you remember, I told you you use words like uh, aesthetic-based words about feelings and things like that. Right. When you open this segment, you said it feels like we just got started, but it's already <laughs> been the third segment. So, mm-hmm. so it, Now, how do you help people with that? Once I understand how you process information, I can then say to you, we need to work on this from this perspective and start to get you into more feeling words, making you feel more. Making People don't use feel enough. Have you noticed that?
2: Oh, yeah, I do. I think
0: this, I think that. We don't really use our intuition anymore.
2: Right. It's important to tune into that, that right brain, that subconscious, that intuition.
0: Yeah. We've almost completely shut it off. Oh, no. we go and, and we use, you know, uh, tarot cards and, and psychics and, and, and other people. We pay other people to make decisions for us. But really, we, we have the same abilities as mm-hmm. they do, but we choose not to use them anymore. We've lost faith in ourselves. Right. So I think that's the first way of helping someone is to get them back in touch with their intuition. Sorry, you were saying something
2: just that it's about it's about trusting intuition. It's so difficult for individuals who aren't and haven't been in tune with their intuition. When they finally start to tap into it, it's trusting, Okay, is this my fear? Is this intuition? Is this just that inner voice that's nagging me? What is it? It's really hard to trust in the beginning.
0: Uh, it, it is it is hard to trust, but not really at the same time. Your first thought is the correct thought. The second thought is your logic trying to make sense. No matter how weird your thought may be, no matter how far left it may, it may come from, your first second of a thought is the correct one, is your intuition.
2: Oh, I love that. That's wonderful. I've never heard that. I like well,
0: that. that. The, That's why, under hypnosis, I don't ask you a question based on you telling me. I ask your fingers, because your body language will tell me before you have a chance to process and come up with logic. So I may say to you, uh, let's say, do you think you deserve success? Left finger says, uh, sorry, uh, a finger on your left hand will say yes, a finger on your right hand will say no immediately you'll see one of the fingers go up. Mm-hmm. You know, and it happens before I can even finish the sentence sometimes. It's just complete instinct.
2: Love that. We're, we're, we're going to have to do a video Skype sometime, Sanjay, so that Absolutely. <laughs> you can hypnotize <advertise> me.
0: <laughs> Would love that.
2: Oh, how fun. It's just fascinating. But you're all the way in Canada. Number one issue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
2: How fun. So, Sandy, you've written this book that sounds absolutely amazing. I can't wait to read it. Um, Let's start by my asking you, why is reading people so very important?
0: You should know who you're talking to, what type of person you're talking to. You should be more aware of your environment you should be able to make a better decision for yourself or other people. It's good to know if you are looking to get into business with someone, if you're looking to get an answer from someone, if you're looking to uh, find out what type of personality you're dealing with. I think everyone should know somewhat of how to read people. I don't think to the depth or or the level that... uh, I am um, other people that that do this for a living should because i i don 't think it 's necessary for you it 's hard you can 't even turn it off after a while it just becomes part of your instinct, but I do think that there are certain key things to know uh, when when you 're talking to someone uh, whether someone 's really in pain you know that's that 's one where people laugh and and, and may talk about something very painful and laugh it off, and other people think, "Oh, okay, they're okay with it." Really, they're 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 dying inside, and you can see that through body language, micro gestures.
2: So, is your book? I know that we probably have a lot of moms listening. Um, is your book useful for moms in learning more about their children, especially teens who are so hard to read?
0: Well. At the end of the day, when it comes down to body language, we're all children. We still swallow hard when we're lying. We still look down when we're embarrassed. We still, you know, fidget when we're uncomfortable. Those, if you can, if you can learn it as a new mom for your child, you will know it with anybody out there.
2: Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So tell us about it. You know, give us some some hints that we can use, some tips. Okay.
0: Well, let's see. Um, We can talk about for those who are single and on a date. If you're on a first date with someone, you can figure out if they are into you by the body language positioning on the table. Are they leaning in? Are they interested in what you're saying? Are they watching your mouth or watching your eyes? If they're looking away, they're probably not very interested. Are they, if it's a woman, is she playing with her hair? Is she showing more of the nape of her neck? Is she, uh, are her pupils dilated? These are all indications that she's attracted to you. If you're a man, is he standing or sitting upright? Is his shoulders kind of broadened and his chest out, almost like he's puffing himself up to look bigger? Is he leaning in and mirroring your image, your body language? These are all indications that he's into you. If you're talking to someone and uh, you want to know if they're lying, if you ask them a straightforward question, they look down or they fidget or they scratch their face or they swallow hard, something will happen to indicate whether they're lying or not. So, these are all indication, little little micro gesture indication
2: fascinating i I know that um you know when my kids were small, the one thing that I always looked for is the tips of their ears always turned red
0: <laughs> when they were well, telling you know me what a that, that's a that's a give signal, yeah, absolutely,
2: uh-huh, and they still do
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love it well when I work you know, there's another side to this um. When I'm working with a client, for instance, I will intentionally mimic some of their body language. You know, if their legs are crossed, I'll cross my legs. If they're leaning in, I'll lean in. If they're leaning back, I'll lean back a little bit. And, and it brings us into, into uh, rapport really nicely.
0: Yes. That is a neuro-linguistic programming trick called mirroring. Yes. And it does work, but you have to do it very subtly. So it, it, In the book, I actually have an exercise on it, um, and I always say practice with friends and family first because if you try to do it more from a conscious level than a subconscious level, you will come off as mimicking them or making fun of them and mm-hmm. will actually do the exact opposite. But right. if you're doing it very subtly, and when you say cross your legs and all that, yeah, you're absolutely right, but you don't have to cross your legs exactly the same way they do. Right. You have to kind of do it like they do it. But you don't have to do it exactly. So mirroring means to, to uh, sort of reciprocate in a style on your own, but not necessarily exactly the way they do it. You'll still come yeah. up with the same rapport.
2: So, Sanjay, we've got about two minutes to to wrap up the show, which feels very (coughs) very disappointing to me um, because I could just go on talking forever. But in this, you know, two minutes or so, what would you like our audience to know? What would you like to leave them with?
0: I think I'd like to leave your audience with the idea that to go forward and to experience an unknown heaven will be a hundred times better than the known hell that you're in now. And it doesn't matter what what you're thinking of right now. It doesn't matter from what perspective of your life you're trying to change. Go for it. Because at the end of the day, life is short. And you don't want to die saying, I wish I. I think that's what I want your audience to do. Go forward.
2: Thank you. That that is such. Those are such wonderful words of advice because I think as as professionals, both you and I, who help people through these fear barriers, we we know how much is out there and um, how even the most amazingly successful and seemingly happy people have those fears inside of them. And uh, you know, I think one of the important things is that people know they're not alone. That everyone experiences fear at one time or another. And Absolutely. I love your. Absolutely.
0: Mm -hmm. And I love your known
2: hell, unknown heaven. Sanjay, where can people find you? Where can they buy your book? Where can they learn more about you?
0: Well, you can find it at any stores or on Amazon. And uh, our our site is BermanBooks.com, B-U-R-M-A-N-B-O-O-K-S.com. Or you can find me on Facebook, Sanjay Berman, B-U-R-M-A-N.
2: Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here with us today. This has been fun for me, and I... I hope that everybody out there, I suspect that everyone out there listening has really learned some some valuable tips to move forward and conquer those fear barriers and uh, go out and, and purchase Reading People by Sanjay Berman because I think it can help uh, business owners, people finding jobs, moms with their kids and, and so many people out there taking their life to the next level. So thank you for joining us on The Million Dollar Mindset. And Sanjay, I look forward to remaining connected with you. Thank you.
1: Thank you for being a part of The Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka on the Her Insight Network on Toginet. If you've always known there's more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there,